Amen. Thanks, Dan. Our kids can head up to be with our team in Redemption Kids. And as they move up there, I want to welcome all of you to Vision Sunday at Redemption Hill Church. My name is Tanner Turley. I serve as our lead pastor. And if you're new with us, uh, thank you for joining us today. If we could just give it up for all of our guests who are here. I've seen a lot of new faces today. So thank you for, thank you for joining us on a really important Sunday uh, in the life of our church. Well, uh, today is Vision Sunday. And what Vision Sunday is about is us simply coming together and saying, okay, God, we believe that you are real, you are at work, you are working in our lives. And because of that, we want to see you continue your work in and among us. But, but the focus of Vision Focus is locking in on an area of our life together as a church that we're saying, God, if, if you would just do this one thing this year, I mean, we want to see you do a lot of things and we're going to keep focusing in a, a number of different areas. But this, this one most important thing this year, God, is that you would work in us a deeper understanding and a greater intentionality to live the power of we. When we talk about the power of we, what we're talking about is how that we can be at our best together as a community of Jesus. And so I'm excited about this, this vision focus for so many reasons. We say, God, would you work this in us this year? Uh, but, but let me just give you three of the reasons I'm most excited, okay? Uh, number one, I'm really excited about this vision because this has always been our vision. In fact, um, when we started rallying people to pray for us. This was like back in 2008 or 9. I couldn't even find this prayer card in, in my house, okay? But we had made this prayer card at the point where we only had two families that were committed to moving to Boston to start a new church. And on the back of that prayer card were the words that you find on your vision card today that says, from Philippians 1.27, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel, standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. And so whether there were four adults or whether there now are roughly 400 people, kids, adults that call Redemption Hill their church, the vision has not changed. We're about doing God's business together. And so I love, I love this vision focus for that reason, but I also love it because the power of we holds immense potential to speak to our cultural moment in 2019. Here's what I mean. You know that as Americans, we have a great propensity to live out this hyper-individualism, I can do it on my own. I've got this. Let me figure this out on my own. But with that, you, you also see the radical political divisiveness, as we've seen over the past month plus in the government shutdown. Thankfully, we're on a three-week reprieve. Hopefully, they can figure it all out. Um, but you have 
the, the political divisiveness as well as rampant loneliness. The former, former Surgeon General of our country, Dr. Vivek Murthy, called loneliness an epidemic in our society. And so the power of we has the, the potential to speak into all of these realities and so much more. But not only that, let me give you a third reason. Third reason I'm really excited about this is that when I look at our church and I see what God is doing through the people known as Redemption Hill. By the way, you know that a church is not a building. It's, it's a people that come together under the name of Jesus, right? But, but as I look at our church, we're in a stronger position than ever to move forward, helping one another follow Christ and helping other people who do not know about him yet to understand what it means to follow Christ. And so there are more reasons than those three, but those are three of the top reasons why I'm really excited about the potential for us to think about what the power of we can look like in our lives, individually and collectively, as a church family. And I know of no greater point in the scriptures than Jesus' prayer in John chapter 17, and just to help you understand what's going on here. These are the last, literally the last hours and moments of his life. He's, he's spending time with his closest followers. They were known as disciples. And he's sharing with them these final instructions of what it looks like to follow him and, and love him and be on his mission. But then in John chapter 17, we have a recorded prayer of Jesus that expresses his dying wish for his people and for the world. And so in verse 20, we're just going to focus in on four verses today from verses 20 through 23, this dying wish of Jesus for our unity to live out the power of we. Follow along with me, if you will, as I read it for us. John chapter 17, verse 20 says this, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them, and you in me that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know you sent me and love them even as you love me. I want to share three commitments that I believe we can make together in light of these words of Jesus that will help us live the power of we together this year as a church. Three simple commitments, okay? The first one is this. We will pursue community with intentionality, right? We will pursue community with intentionality. What's going on here is Jesus shifts his prayer in verse 20 from praying for his, his immediate 12 disciples, his current disciples, to then praying for all of his future disciples, 
And so I hope that you're just a bit taken back by that, that, that just before his death, you were on his mind. Jesus prayed for you. And not only that, the book of Hebrews in chapter 7 says that Jesus ever lives to make intercession for us. To put that in plain terms, Jesus is still praying for us who follow him. Amazing. And so we can have confidence before God as we live this life that God is for us, that God is with us, that God is empowering us to do everything that it is that he's called us to do. And in these verses, three times in rapid succession, he reveals his heart and the Father's heart for our unity. Look, look back at this, this passage with me. In verse 21, it says uh, that they all may be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you. Verse 22, that they may be one even as we are one. And then in verse 23, he says that they may all become perfectly one. I want to try to break these down in their theological potency, okay? What, what Jesus is, is, is getting at here, at uh, its essence, is a mutual sharing of a unified life, okay? He, he's praying that people that would follow him and believe in him in 2019 would have a mutual sharing of life together that is, and these two words should, again, blow us away, just as, just like the, the unity that he shares with the Father. Okay, so, so we understand that God is, there's one God, but this one God exists in three persons, Father, Son, and Spirit. And so Jesus and the Father, though distinct persons, are equally God. They share the same essence. They share the same purpose. As Jesus says in John 10 30, I and the Father are one. It's a unity of essence and unity of purpose. And so as Jesus goes on, he says, look, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, I'm praying that now they would be in us. In other words, if you are in Christ and I am in Christ, then we have his divine life flowing through our veins, beating in our chest, which means that now we are essentially one in him. We share the same blood. We are one in him. And so the power of we is, is about understanding how Jesus has brought us together in the same families. He says, I've shared my glory with them. So that now, because the life of Christ is in us, we can reflect his life to the world. And just as he is one with the Father, now we reflect his oneness as we live out our oneness together in Christ. Just as God is a relational God, God has always existed and he's always existed in relationship, Father, Son, Spirit. Now we being made in his image, this is why we long for community, right? We're, we're relational beings, we want to spend time together. We want to have meaningful relationships. And now we get to reflect this with one another. And so one of the implications of this is, is that when, when you look at someone who follows Jesus, your first and most important thought about them should be they belong to Christ. 
And, and if they belong to Christ and you belong to Christ, then, then the most important thing about them is the most important thing about you. What influences everything else in their life is what influences everything else in your life. It's a staggering reality to understand that, that this unity is already a reality for those who believe in Jesus. It's already real. Like, just look around. Like, just take a moment to, to look around. And as you see people around you who are all in with Jesus, the reality is you are one in him. You are unified essentially in him because, again, his life is flowing in you. You're, you're, you share the same purpose in life, to live for him, to glorify God. And yet, what you and I both know, and what even those who don't follow Jesus can see about the church so often, is that we're, we're often more known for our division and divisiveness and even hostility, not to people outside of the church, but even people inside of the church, that we have a lot of room to grow in this area. And so when Jesus in verse 23 says that he's praying that they may become perfectly one, what he's saying is that you need to grow into the reality of what you already are. Positionally, we're one, but practically, we need to grow in reflecting our oneness. We need to keep maturing into this robust, dynamic unity that, see, listen, one of the things that God's been teaching me over the past year, I love to share this, is that, like, when I used to think about unity, what I simply thought about was the absence of conflict. You know what I'm saying? Like, if we're not at each other, if we're not lobbing, you know, hurtful words, if we're not fighting, then we have unity. But if, it, if, if that's all unity is, is it's, it's not that attractive, right? Unity is not just simply the absence of conflict. It's about sharing a same mind, a same purpose, a same life, where, where we're really caring for one another. And so as we think about what this mutual sharing looks like that Jesus wants for us as his people, you say, well, Tanner, how do we, how do we begin to get at this? How can we live this out as a church? And, and I know of no better way than spending the currency of time. Intentional time, listen, I want you to get this imagery today, moving toward one another in love is the way that we can live out this mutual sharing. Because, listen, our hearts are fallen. They're not just like Jesus yet, right? So, so we all have this bent toward individualism. We all have this bent toward isolation. We all have this bent to when life is hard and when we're going through problems that we back away from people rather than moving toward people. But Jesus is saying that mutual sharing is about sharing your life together in such a way that you're spending meaningful time, extended time, moving toward one another consistently. And the way that we seek to accomplish this at Redemption Hill is through what we call groups. Groups are, 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 are a small collections of people, roughly 8 to 16 people, that get together at some point throughout the week to seek to encourage one another and live out their faith together in Christ. 
You see, we believe that Sundays are great, and Sundays are a starting point for relationship and a starting point for connection. Hopefully, you're even meeting some new people today, and you're learning something new about them today. But Sundays are our starting point. They should be both the continuation of community that's happening through the week and they should be the catalyst for community that's going to happen moving forward. You see that? That's what groups are about. It's about moving toward one another intentionally to build this sense of mutual sharing and community that Jesus wants for us. And let me give you two reasons this is so important, and I hope you'll consider these and even consider, like, hey, if I haven't connected with a group or if I just kind of, like, come to group every so often, but, you know, I'm not really committed to a group. Listen, consider these, these reasons, okay? Number one, intentional time moving toward one another in love is the only way that I know of that we can live out Jesus' one another vision. All right, and when I talk about one another vision, you're like, Tanner, what's that, okay? When we read the Bible, and you've heard of some of these, right? When you read the Bible, Jesus and, and, and his followers are saying things like this, love one another, serve one another, pray for one another, be kind to one another, bear one another's burdens, be patient with one another, teach one another, admonish, like, look out for one another, protect one another, have each other's back. That's not in the Bible, but that's what all these verses are saying, right? It's like we're looking out for one another. How can we do that if we are not spending intentional time together? How will I hurt with you if I don't know you're hurting? How will you rejoice with me if you don't know I'm rejoicing? You see, the, 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 the collectivist, listen, we live in America. We live in an individualistic society when most of the world lives in a collectivist society. It's the community first, me second, not me first and the community second. And so a, a collectivist mindset says this, what happens to you happens to me. Whoa, think about that. What happens to you happens to me. This is how deep and true the kind of unity and community Jesus envisions for us. I mean, did you, did you know that shortly after Jesus died and, and people began to persecute the first Christians, that one of the chief persecutors, his name was Saul, and Saul was happily seeing to the death and imprisonment of the Christians in Jerusalem until Jesus meets him with a blinding light on the Damascus road, and Jesus says what? Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting them? No. He says, why are you persecuting me. Jesus says, if you're doing it to them, you're doing it to me because they are one with me. And if you are in Christ and they are in Christ, you are one. What happens to you happens to me. This is the kind of mindset that we need to live with as the church. It enables us to fulfill this one another vision. But then number two, and related to this, okay, it, it is probably the greatest means to accelerate our spiritual growth in Christ. And so just think about it. What happens when you put two people together 
hopefully this is what marriage is about, by the way. When you put two, and we start a relationship series next week, okay? So be here, bring your friends. Um, when, you, when you're walking with someone, you see their love, and it motivates your love. You see their devotion, and it motivates your devotion. And then you start multiplying that by hundreds of people. And all of a sudden, when this person is serving selflessly, week after week after week, I mean, I'm just thinking about our AV team, Seth Plackey, who's been our director for, you know, like 20 years. And, you know, like David Hogelworth, who's literally served hundreds and hundreds of Sundays. Like, you know, they're not on the spot lab, they're not on stage, they're not like singing or preaching or whatever, but just like faithfulness over time giving of themselves as, as we see people laying down their life week after week, then all of a sudden it encourages us to be more selfless. When we hear people just time and time again, they have the gift of encouragement. They know how to speak kind words, timely words to people to spur them on. Then all of a sudden what happens is that hundreds of kind words are multiplied over the course of weeks and months and years. Or when you see someone that's saying, hey, I'll open up my home. I'll, I'll, I'll host a group. I'll host dinner. I'll, I'll serve people. Then all of a sudden, our bent toward privacy and, and individualism starts to erode. And we say, like, how can I give of my resources for the benefit of the people around me? And yes, even my, my church family. That's what groups are about. It's about moving toward one another intentionally in love. So I think just to, to sum this up, and, and I, I love this, this idea and this statement, the Christ in you stirs up the Christ in me. What happens when, when we live in close enough proximity and spend enough time for that actually to happen. The Christ in you stirs up the Christ in me, and the Christ in me stirs up the Christ in you. That's our vision for community, to be pursued with intentionality. But then as we do that, as we, as we pursue community with intentionality, what will necessarily happen, and I love this next commitment that we can make together this year, is that we will display unity in the midst of great diversity. All right? We will display unity in the midst of great diversity. And this is embedded in Jesus' prayer right here, okay? When, when Jesus prays in, in verse 20, you can look back at this with me, uh, he says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. And so what Jesus is praying for is nothing less than this multi-millennial vision that, that every person, hundreds and thousands and millions and billions of people who will hear the message about him will believe in him, and he's saying that he wants all of those people to experience a practical and deep oneness. And so now, no one has to be a genius. I know we have some geniuses in the room, okay? And I thank God for that. I love hanging out with really smart people, okay? Um, but you don't have to be a genius to realize that all of these people 
can be very, very different. Different backgrounds, different interests, different styles, different preferences, different cultures, different ways of doing life, different foods. Can we praise God for all the different cuisines that we have here in the room today? I mean, just like, we're different, right? But, but, but what Jesus is, is saying is that, that we now have the, the, the ability to jump in on this global vision for people from all nations coming together as one in him. And listen, I know that some of you, like, you're so beautiful. <laughs> so beautiful. Oh, you're welcome. Is that you, Nancy? Nancy, I mean, 100% of the people in the room agree that, Nancy, you are beautiful. And Nancy, come on. Nancy, give it up for Nancy. Thank you, Redemption Hill. Nancy is not only so beautiful, she's so amazing and let me say the rest of you are too, <laughs> that you may have this sneaky thought, hey, wouldn't the world be great if everyone were just like me? Right? I mean, it's like, you know, no, none of us would be so arrogant to say that, but like practically, let me just, let me just go there. Practically, where we go, who we hang out with, who we spend our best time with. So often those people are people that are really just like us. And what Jesus, Jesus, listen, Jesus lived and died for a global vision. For all people to come together as one. And, and when people ask me, they say, like, tell me about Redemption Hill. You know, like, you've been at this for a few years. T tell, tell me about the church. One of the first things that I tell them is not, like, all the things that we do. Or like, I tell them who we are. We are a diverse group of people. Did you know that in our church, over 40 nations are represented? Just look around the room. We have young kids, teens. College students, young professionals, families, people that are very wise and experienced in life. Great pastors. <laughs> Never call someone old, right? Um, well, I'll be there one day, God willing. So we have... Rich and poor, blue-collar, white-collar, educated, uber-educated, and over-educated. You know what I'm saying? This is Boston, right? It's like, it's like all of these people coming together as one. It's one of the things that I love most about our church. And it's one of the reasons I'm so hopeful for the future. Not only that we can display the beauty of God and the power of God in the midst of our differences and diversity, but, but I'm convinced that according to Jesus' vision, that, that unity in the midst of diversity is really, really attractive to people who are watching. I mean, I think that, that for this reason, this is one of the reasons that this room will not be able to hold us much longer, that we'll be starting maybe at some point this year another service here on Sunday mornings because people want in on unity in the midst of diversity. And so we see this in so many different ways in our church. Clearly we see it on Sunday morning. Just look around and you see the diversity in the room. 
We see it when we gather to pray at our different prayer nights or prayer mornings. We, we see it uh, in our membership for those that have said, hey, this is my church. I'm all in with Redemption Hill. We see it in our leadership growing across the different leaders. Um, we, we, we're praying and working toward becoming more diverse in our pastoral leadership. But if you look at our groups and our leaders and our directors, we're, we're growing more and more diverse ethnically and generationally in our leadership. But I think if you, if you zoom in on one particular area of our church, this comes to life the most when it comes to our teams and our team ministry at Redemption Hill. And teams are, are collections of people that are serving in a specific role for a specific purpose in a given what we call ministries in the life of our church. And so just on Sunday morning, like Sunday morning doesn't just happen, right? I already highlighted the AV team, but we have, you know, Redemption Kids and the Connections team. Someone hopefully greeted you this morning, and we have venue, people setting up, getting here early to, to make everything prepared for us. We have the music team that leads us in worship through song every week. And so it takes all of us. Can we just give it up for all of the people that serve on teams at Redemption Hill? Hey, how about a little more passion with that? Come on, a little louder. There we go. Make your hands hurt a little bit. There we go. I love it. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. And tell them thank you because some of the people that need to hear that are serving and they couldn't hear that, right? So thank, thank them week by week. But here's also what I want to say. If you're not serving yet on a team, okay, like you don't need to feel guilty, all right? Some of you are like brand new here today. It's like, man, I didn't even know you had teams. Some of you are pretty new to Redemption Hill. Others may have had like some kind of barrier or reason where it's been difficult, okay? And we want to help you overcome those. But listen, here's the point. Our teams are not as strong without you. God has made you uniquely. Teams are unique people coming together with unique gifts to serve the common good of the people known as Redemption Hill. And then we have teams that help even outside of Sundays, communication teams and serve event teams and um, you know, hospitality teams that were coming together to serve outside of the church as well beyond Sundays. And so maybe it would be helpful if I told you a little story from a couple of weeks ago. Um, Unfortunately, my wife was, was a little sick. She had some kind of bug, and uh, she had, you know, that meant that I was stepping up my game around the house, you know, thank you. And, um, and, um, and so, you know, when she got to feel a little bit better, then you know how it goes. Like, she was prepared and ready to start, you know, filling in some of the gaps that I left, and, and so she started giving some instructions, you know, and, and so I was getting hungry, and I was going down to the freezer to see what we had uh, f- that I could, you know, cook up for, for myself, and, um, and she says, hey, why don't you switch the clothes out of the, you know, the wa- from the washer to the, to the dryer, right? That's called doing the laundry, um, and, and so I, I, got, I got downstairs, and this sneaky little thought crossed through my mind. That's not my job. Like, 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 I didn't really believe that. What, what it more, was more like, I don't, I don't feel like doing that right now. I just want to eat food, okay? But like, I was just thinking like, what if I, I said, you know, like, that's not my job. And, and what if I meant by that, listen, be patient with me. What if I meant by that, that's not my job, that's a woman's job. All right, before you throw stones at me, all right, let me tell you, I do not believe that at all, 
all right? I mean, the house needs to be orderly and, you know, husband doing things, wife doing things, you know, like working that out together as you're one, right, together. Um, so, so I actually did the laundry and then I came up and did the dishes, okay? So just be, be, be proud of me, you know what I'm saying? But, but here's the point. Here's the point. Christians make an equally egregious error when they sit on the sidelines in a church and they say, that's not my job, they'll take care of it. And Christians make an equally egregious confusion of categories when they say, that's the pastor's job, that's the leader's job, they'll take care of it. See, it takes all of us working together to be at our best. The power of we is about all of us working together to be at our best as a community of Christ. And, and by the way, like when you start serving together, those relationships go deeper. And not only do you connect more with others, you find out that like God made you for this. Jesus came up to, and he showed up to serve, not to be served. And you'll find that it's better to give than receive. And there's so much joy in life when you pour yourself out for the sake of other people. That's what teams are all about. It's the way that we express unity in the midst of diversity. But then number three, okay, this third commitment. Not only pursue community with intentionality, display unity and diversity, but then finally, we will build community through community, all right? We will build community through community. This is, this is what Jesus is getting at in verse 20. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Did you, did you see that? So like the old community, Jesus' current disciples, they'll go and they'll tell people about Jesus and then people will believe in Jesus, not just like, yeah, he existed, but hey, he existed, he's God. I need to follow him with my life. And so the old community builds a new community and then this new community lives in such unity that other people see how Together they are, how real God is, how much they have been loved, reflecting the love of God, that now other people are saying, hey, I want in on that too. It's building community through our community. And so just, just zoom in on, on verse 23 just for a moment. He, he says, I and them and you and me, that they may become perfectly one, that's the goal, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me. Wow. What Jesus is saying is that when you really love one another, when you're really there, when you're present, when you serve one another, when you sacrifice your own resources with generosity to help others in need, what's going to happen? And it will happen. It is happening is that people will say, oh, wait a minute. I don't, I don't see people that are willing to sacrifice their preferences for other people. I don't, I don't see people that are willing to give their own resources for other people. Man, maybe, maybe this is true. No, it is true. I want in on it. 
That's our prayer as a church. That people see how real Jesus is. Listen, when, when people see how much we love one another, it will help them see how much we've been loved by God and consequently how they can also experience God's love. Do, do you see that? This is what Jesus was talking about in John 13, 35. But this all people will know that you are my disciples, you are my followers, if you have love for one another. And so let's live out this, this radical unity in community, not just for the sake of one another, but for the sake of all people. I was actually having a conversation uh, this past week with uh, a friend who's been coming to our church for the past couple of years, and um, I, I certainly won't get into all of their story, but um, it's, it's safe and fair to say that they've been through a lot in their life, a lot of, a lot of suffering in this fallen world, and even suffering at the hands of, of, a, of a past church experience. And so you can imagine that there are scars there, and there are difficulties there, and there are even some barriers to this person like going all in, not just with a church family, but even with Jesus himself because of what they experienced in their past. But at the end of our conversation, this is what they said to me. I want what you have. I want what you have. And by you, she didn't mean, she didn't mean me. She meant us. And she said, your church not only talks the talk, you walk the walk. And I just said, God, thank you that, 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 that there are people who see the way we love you, see the way we love one another, see the way we live in community, see the way that we're there for one another, see the way we take meals when people are sick, see the way that we show up when our pastor gets back from China having adopted a daughter just last Friday night, yeah, just a couple of nights ago. And they're saying, I want that. I want in on that. It's our privilege to build community through our community. And so listen, what I want to invite you into today is, is simply this. It's not, not just for today, but as we, as we move forward this year and even way beyond this year, what this is all about is, is receiving the invitation of Jesus to live the vision of Jesus through the power of we. Live the vision of Jesus through the power of we. And can you just stop for a moment and think about how your life and the life of the people sitting right around you will be enriched as you live out this vision? as you reflect the heart of God to move toward one another in love, to display unity and diversity, to build community through community. Listen, as we do all of that, we live out the very purpose for which we were created. We find a joy we didn't know before. We find a harmony and a peace, not just with God, but with one another that we never knew before. And that's my prayer for us this year as a church. And so what I want to do is this. I want to invite the, the music team to, to come up, and they're going to lead us in a, in a song of response. And 
But before they do that, I just want to, to ask you to pull out this vision card that you received when you walked in. And if you would, just grab a, grab a pen for a moment because I want to give you uh, just a couple of moments to reflect on two questions with me. And these are two questions that I've been reflecting on myself and considering how I can live the power of we in my own life as part of this Redemption Hill family. And so maybe for you in this first question, what steps is God leading you to take? Maybe, maybe you would say, hey, just this community that gathers on Sunday mornings, like, hey, I want to, like, especially if it's your first time, like, hey, I just want to come back and see what this community is about. Maybe if you've been coming, you're saying, like, I want to come, and I want to be even more involved. I want to be more consistent this year. Perhaps others of you would say, hey, it's time for me to connect with a group or to go deeper with the group that God has led me to be a part of. Or another practical step that you may be ready to take is just to say, you know what? I want to serve with the team. I want to use my unique gifts to help the good of this people known as Redemption Hill as they shine the light of Jesus throughout greater Boston. Maybe some of you are saying, you know what? I'm so committed to this family. This is my church. I want to, I want to formalize my commitment in church membership. Maybe that's a practical step for you to take at the beginning of this year. And then maybe, maybe you would just, maybe the whole, I've just been really praying, and you can ask, we, we huddle up and we pray, and we have a pre-service prayer before the service starts, and, and one of the things I was just sharing is like, God, would you show people very specifically and practically, even beyond the words that I share, the steps that they need to take? And so for you, perhaps, you're saying, hey, I need to pray more with others. I need to seek reconciliation in a relationship that's not the greatest right now. I need to be more vulnerable with the people in my group and around me. Whatever practical steps that you need to take, I mean, I expect that, that your thoughts will go way beyond this morning, but even now, if you would just take a moment and write down, I mean, here's one that I'm writing if you just want to peer into my life. It's all about community after all. Here's one thing I'm writing down. Call, don't text. You feel me? Like, it's so easy to send a text, and by, by all means, I'm going to keep texting but sometimes I need to make a call instead of sending a text. However God is leading. But then notice the second question. Not only what steps is God leading you to take, but who will you invite to encourage you in this process? Because you see the temptation for all of us is to say, you know what, hey, good, you know, good, good sermon, Jesus, nice prayer. <laughs> but, but I've got this. I can, I can take this step on my own. But the power of we is all about not doing it on our own, but inviting other people into the journey. Hey, this is where I am. Pray for me. Help me. Encourage me. Check in with me about it so that I actually follow through on these intentions. And so if you would even right now, just, just write down what it is that maybe God's leading you to, to do in terms of practical steps and who he's inviting you to, into this journey. And then in just a moment, as, as Dan and the team begin to play, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray, and then we're going to live this out. We're going to have a, a team of just of, of people that are ready to pray with you and for you so that you can say, like, hey, this is, this is my step to live the power of we. This is, this is how I want to seek to live this out together uh, this year in 2019 as a part of Redemption Hill Church. And so the, as, we, as, we, as the band plays and as, as we sing, uh, you, can, you can come and receive prayer from people as we do this together. And just 
if you would, take, take a moment now and, and, and reflect and respond. Let me, let me pray. Father, these are weighty words that come to us in the prayer of Jesus. But they're not just weighty words, they're inspiring words. They're, they're life-giving words. They're, they're motivating words for us to, to not live according to the ways that we're so prone to live in isolation and in our own strength, God, but that we would put our lives not only before you, but before one another that we would work into one another's lives in such a way that, that we truly can do this thing together. And so, God, we need your love to fill us that we would love one another this year. We need your Holy Spirit to, to fill us up so that we would live a life reflective of Christ, not just to you and to a watching world, but to also one another. And so, God, whatever steps that you're leading us to take, God, would you give us the courage and the boldness and the strength to step out and to do the things that you're calling us to do, but not to do them alone, but to pull other people in. And so, God, would you speak to us now and move us out that we would live for your name. We pray through the name of Christ. Amen. What I want to do is invite you to stand, and our prayer team is going to come forward and be ready to pray with you. And make this song a prayer to God as we sing together, as we pray together. And let's all be convinced that God has big plans, not just for our lives individually, but he has big plans for us as the people of Redemption Hill Church. And so let's step into all that he has for us this year in 2019. And let's do it together that we can live the power of we in our lives. Let's sing.